Hello and welcome to episode four of the Social Media Podcast. I'm Georgie and I'm joined by Joe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and we're talking about something potentially, you know, a, a little bit more serious today. Um, and we, we've been debating talking about this for a little while, but it really came about because I saw a stat the other day and it really sort of drummed something home for Joe and I. And the stat was that the average daily social usage worldwide is around 144 minutes per day. 144 minutes. Now, I do 144 minutes on social media by probably 10.30 a.m. every day because that's our job. And so we, we just got to thinking, you know, imagine how that feels as, you know, a social media manager, like somebody who works in social. And it's something that Joe and I have really bonded over, you know, how difficult it can be working in the industry, you know, especially when Twitter was really at the forefront of the industry and you mm. spent a lot of time engaging. You would literally be bombarded by hundreds of tweets a minute, mm -hmm. like very, very easily. And, you know, we... I mean, I, we, we both talked about this and we both had a potential feeling of, you know, that dreaded imposter syndrome around this because, you know, we are not, you know, mental health experts. We're not experts in psychological health. But what we wanted to talk about today is more about how us as social media managers in the profession can, you know, take a little bit more time to look after ourselves to minimise stress, help keep some perspective, draw some boundaries and some practical tips around the pressures of working in social media. Completely. I think it's, yeah, as you say, it's more to do with like looking after ourselves and our own sort of wellness. Mm. Um, yeah. As opposed to kind of delving into those actual sort of clinical side of helping people psychologically because <laughs> we're definitely we are not doctors <laughs> no we are not doctors um, no. <laughs> so what, what we are are two people that have worked in the industry for a really long time and we've seen a lot of areas and we both we, we, we were talking about um you know things that we've experienced working in social media that have affected us in some way shape or form and we we got to telling each other about them so we thought that we would tell you partly so that you just knew that you weren't alone in feeling how you feel about particular things or circumstances it's yeah. it can be really tough yeah and I think that's the thing isn't it it's not we're not saying like social media is going to give you a mental health disorder that is not a thing I mean it is a thing but that's not that's what not we're what talking we about here. <laughs> we're, we're saying that, you know, we acknowledge that there are certain stresses that come with it. And as with many jobs, I'm sure um, there's just certain elements of it that can be quite tough. And we kind of want to make sure that people are acknowledging that within the social media context um, or working in social media context. Um, and just talk to each other about it and just be aware that there are people out there who are going through exactly the same things as you and that will just that knowledge alone will help you or at least it help it definitely helps me um, because it can be quite an isolating job yeah um, you can often feel like oh my god I'm literally the only one sat here at my computer going through this so no one understands what it's like <laughs> and that's not the case at all we 
we all get it everyone who works in it will get it yeah um and yeah so that's kind of what we want to sort of get across today absolutely so the first one is you know dealing with the two-way conversations you know we're talking Mm. trolls annoyed customers nasty comments and When when I first started in social, you know, as a social media manager, I took care of all of this, right? And there are lots of companies now where it's broken out into probably more sort of customer service, guest relation teams. But, you know, they're still working predominantly on social media and on these channels. And we, we've both been through it. And it's tough. And I know that, Joe, you had a pretty major time of it <laughs> yeah uh, well though that sounds like I was literally in the pits of despair I wasn't but I've definitely <laughs> I've definitely been in uh roles and worked on accounts where it has been really heavy going um and yeah this whole two-way conversation thing I mean it's like the the joy of the job in a way isn't it like it's great to be able to talk to people and have instant reactions and in the moment conversations and stuff like that. But depending on what your brand is and what channel you're on and stuff like that, it can it can be a really negative thing as well, especially if you're looking after um, customer services. And yeah, it, dep- it all kind of depends on what kind of account you're on. Like I've I've worked in sort of the customer services kind of element of it. Mm -hmm. um I used to work for or look after the account for a very big restaurant chain in the UK and oh my god the people that you would get literally just people that were wanting a freebie but they would be it was in the time I think where it was kind of earlier on Mm -hmm. in the whole social media process of life um and people had sort of cottoned onto the fact oh if I complain a brand is going to be really panicked on their social channel and they're just going to react with oh, you know, we'll refund you or we'll give you a freebie or we're really going to turn this experience around for you. That was um, such a thing, wasn't it, at one point? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was kind of back in the early, it was probably around sort of 2014, I think, that that was sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, and just that kind of behaviour alone, it just created monsters of people. Like the things that people would say, it was just, it was just awful. Um and although like it's never it's never directed at you personally just being in that environment and that being your sort of day-to-day I've got to deal with these people it can have a really negative effect on your mental state it just can because you're in this sort of sort of argumentative state all day and it's just Mm. not not a good place to be um equally I've worked on accounts that have been um sort of more entertainment focus so you've been dealing with sort of big names big celebrities um even like royal family members stuff like that in your content and that alone will generate a barrage of insanity (laughs) that's the only way that I can describe it well yeah Um, people that don't like the celebrities or have something to say about it right yeah absolutely and yeah I used to work for a big sort of gossip entertainment brand um I don't think they actually exist anymore in the UK but that wasn't down to me by the way that's just like (laughs) 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 moving on um but yeah we used to post all the time about you know the Kardashians and One Direction because they were a thing back then and stuff like like people of like really global popularity level um and the comments that we used to get like I I remember one 
one instance where we posted a picture of Harry Styles and Kendall Jenner who had been photographed at I can't remember it was it was some music festival somewhere but they'd literally just been photographed in the vicinity like they were obviously there with a group of people they weren't holding hands they weren't like kissing like nothing like that they were literally just standing next to each other in this photo and the comments that we got on that post were literally some of the worst comments I've ever seen in my career in social media and they all came like when you looked at who was posting them they all came from like I don't know, 14-ish year olds. But some of the stuff that they came up with, like really aggressive, threatening comments, like I would effing stab her in the eye if she even touched Harry and stuff like that. It was just insane. And I mean, that was just one thing, but that literally used to happen on a daily basis. Whenever we posted about whoever, you would get this stream of just people being aggressive and awful and saying things that you would never even dream about saying in real life to anybody ever I hope it grinds you down right yeah exactly you're seeing all day every day and it just gets in your head yeah it does and it makes you think oh god like people are actually awful the world is awful um the other thing is that whenever we posted anything about the royal family you would get death threats absolute nutcases sending you all kinds of nonsense and it was just horrendous there are lots of companies that are getting this on a daily basis still even now yeah. and there are people behind those accounts monitoring those things and looking after those things and replying to these people so yeah you know, and I think as there's this trend now of companies needing to show like what their core values are and what they're doing well for the world and that's great but on the flip side of that you then get groups of people who are um you know like environmental groups and things like that and some of them can really be I know that's their point and that's they're trying to protest and everything but if you're on the flip side of that having to read the comments it just yeah it can have a horrible (laughs) horrible impact on your sanity no it can and you know I I've been went through very similar I mean I I don't think it's a secret anymore really but you know I used to work at Chesnut World Adventures and I worked there during a very, very difficult period where there happened to be a huge roller coaster incident at one of the partner mm. parks. Um, yep. And not only that, you know, we were a zoo, right? So we had the, the double flip. We had um, animal things going on, you know, animal welfare groups um, try, rallying against us every so often. And we obviously had this huge roller coaster incident and I'll I'll never forget that that day that period of time you know it wasn't even the park that I worked in right it was at one of our partner parks but we were slammed we were absolutely slammed and I was I you know I I saw the tweets the videos of people posting the immediate aftermath of it and I was just watching it and like we were just like you know what is going on like what on earth has happened because obviously the partner park was dealing with it and we at the other parks were like well what's going on and we were waiting for like you know crisis comes to kick in because we were in crisis but we we were just being bombarded you know the press started calling us we were getting facebook messages posts tweets like anywhere that you can possibly think of we were starting to be 
contacted and bombarded you know I worked 16 days straight like they needed presence in the parks at the weekend we had sky news flying over our heads at one point I was like had like my phone in one hand like trying to figure out the tweets and everything coming in we had the news helicopters over our heads and you know again this is it, it was quite a specific event at quite a specific type of place to work you know it's a theme park these things happen but and that was a very extreme period but even day to day you know we we'd get the gate figures called down the radios um at like every hour of the day right and if a gate figure was over a certain number I knew that we were going to have a day of complaints because of queue times <laughs> I just knew yeah and I knew I was like oh god that means there's going to be like an hour plus wait on that ride so people aren't going to be happy and it was it, it was a bit a bit like your experience really you know it's just this barrage of negativity all day mm. and I'm sitting in the office and I can hear people laughing and screaming outside but on the screen I'm just seeing people having like the worst day they've ever had yeah and they hated it and wasn't it terrible and it it really got to me so I was you know I love working here but yeah. everyone hates it and I used to take myself out for walks around the park at lunch times just to make just to see people smiling and having fun because it it really affected me and it felt like they were personally attacking me even though they they weren't by any stretch but yeah that's how it felt and I'd I'd go home feeling like so heavy some days just like beaten up almost yeah and I think you've touched on a really important thing there is that you've got to find ways to remind yourself of that perspective yeah and remember that it's not well number one it's it's not down to you it's not your company and you doing things wrong and that's the cause of people having a bad time those people probably aren't actually having a bad time they're just on their phones bored in a queue looking for ways to entertain themselves Mm -hmm. you just have to kind of almost like put yourself in the shoes of the person that might have sent that tweet or comment or whatever and just scale it back to what's actually happened in reality that's kind of where my head was when I was dealing with things like death threats and stuff coming in I would literally just be like okay this is in reality this is just somebody who's bored at home sat behind their computer they're looking they think it's fun like it's not they're they're just not really thinking it through they're not thinking oh there's somebody on the flip side of this that is actually a real human and who might take this wrong they're just going, I'm just going to have a go at a brand because it's a faceless brand and I can. And also they were after freebies, right? They wanted yeah. their tickets refunded or they wanted fast passes for the rides because so often I'd call the control room and it would turn out that actually, well, the queue time isn't that by any stretch. Yeah. Like, so, like, God, oh, this ride's been down for four hours today. Mm, it hasn't. It was down for 10 minutes. So quite often, you know, I I had the luxury of being able to almost like fact check some things that were coming in because they looked so awful. I'd fact check them and be like, well, that's actually just clearly not true. So what are you after? Yeah. Um, You know, leading back to, you know, it was around the period of time that you were talking about, you know, people wanting to get those freebies and that kind of thing. But the best way that I found or that I tried to do was was to draw those boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, this is work this is home and thank goodness in a way the parks obviously closed in the evenings we had the hotels um but they pretty much you know that they, they took care of themselves largely but 
you know, I'd go those days where I'd go home just feeling like really heavy and whatever. I would literally put my phone down in the kitchen and be like, I don't even want to look at it. Yeah. I, I just don't even want to go on to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything. I don't want to see emails coming in or anything. And that's actually probably the most healthy, sensible thing to do because it's you have to separate yourself. If you can, then you have to separate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the key thing here is drawing boundaries and knowing when when and how to switch off. Like you need that time away. Like it's so easy to fall into the habit of being at work all day, being on your computer, being on your phone, doing being logged into all your social channels and then going home and just switching to your personal social channels because that's the behavior that a lot of people follow. I think yeah you you have to put in whatever boundaries work for you individually but you have to have time away from social media because otherwise you're just going to drive yourself nuts <laughs> and I've definitely I've definitely fallen into that trap I think like a couple of years ago an iPhone um introduced the uh screen time functionality it was really that was really a wake-up call for me because I started looking at it and I'd be like, I'm literally spending most of my waking hours with my phone in my hand. And I've picked my phone up like a bajillion times today, apparently. And that's awful. Um, Mm. And I, yeah, that's when I kind of set about really putting in those boundaries that we were talking about and saying, okay, well, at the end of the day, rather than in the days when we used to commute, rather than uh, sitting on my phone, on my commute home I'm actually going to take a book with me and start reading just so that it gets me out of that headspace and just gets me focused on something else otherwise I would literally just sit and I might not necessarily be on social a social media platform but I would be on my phone like whatsapping my friends or doing something in that similar kind of behavior and mindset um and yeah I've noticed it's been so nice not doing that (laughs) It made such a difference, just even just having that one hour of commute um, in my day and having it as a bit of a like transitional period. Well, downtime, right? Because yeah. I, I got into a habit and I still do to be honest. Like I, I read books on my phone, but mm. by reading books on your phone, you still get notifications popping up and like constantly distracting you away from like what you actually intend to be doing and you know you see oh so so commented on this post and you're like oh god I hope that's nothing negative it's 10 o'clock at night who could I contact if it is negative yeah and then you look and it's just someone going like oh I love this you're like oh okay that's fine but you you have that like moment like yeah your heart almost goes like oh god you get this like Moment. yeah it's notification anxiety that's I read an article ages yes. ago and I can't remember like where I read it it might have been the Guardian it might have been the BBC but it was about notification anxiety and that feeling of like your phone might be the other side of the room but if you hear it buzz you need to instantly go to it and if you haven't gone to it your brain is going oh my phone my phone my phone and it's breaking that habit that's really, really difficult when you've been sucked into social media world all day for your job, because your instinct is to instantly go and message someone back or respond to someone, because that's what you have to do with your work. Well, yeah, I mean, we work fast, right? You know, yeah. we, 
you know, it's this onto the next thing, you know, especially if you're doing like community management, content planning, anything, you you know, we, we get those periods of time where we're working on like bigger, broader strategic work, but we, it, it's a fast paced job. So it's constantly like next, next, next. So when there's notifications yeah. are coming in, 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 like our brains are almost like hardwired to respond, as you were saying. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. And I, in the end, I, a couple of years ago, I decided actually I need to not do this and not constantly, constantly be looking at my phone. So I left all my WhatsApp groups. I mean, I am, I am in a few, but they literally only have like two or three people in them. Um, I'm no longer part of massive WhatsApp groups because I would literally be there all the time like reading all the messages and you know what it's like when two people in a big whatsapp groups get into a conversation and then suddenly there's like a hundred notifications and you feel like you've got to go back and read them all and stuff like that I've just completely eradicated that from my life and that on its own has made such a huge difference I need to take a leaf out of your book I really do I'm in far too many groups yeah I've and some phone to 70 notifications genuinely yeah I mean look it's crazy yeah and some some whatsapp groups um are fine I think but it's the ones that are just sort of constantly there buzzing away in the background that are the problem that like I find that I'm only in ones that are sort of functional and necessary I, I don't want to be part of just random chat I can have that random chat one-on-one with people like, like I don't me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't need to be in a group with you and like 50 other people. It's just pointless. Unless we're organising something and we all have to be at a certain place at one time and it's the easiest way to get the message out. Like, I just don't need to be in a group. Yeah, and I think that's just it. You know, if, if we can all work towards reducing our overall notifications on our lovely mobile devices, then it might just help us put those barriers in between you yeah. know work and personal but then we we was, you've also got like the work context right mm. yes um yeah so this is like i suppose the negative the negative effects of well two things really being a social person within a company that has no other social people Um, and also from more of like a professional exposure point of view Um, so yeah I mean I've definitely I mean you know this I think you've been in the same sort of situation as me a few times where we've been the only person uh, specializing in social content and sometimes even just content within an agency or a company or something and you there's this kind of pressure on you isn't there to sort of know everything and be across everything and you're really holding the weight of other people's unrealistic expectation of your knowledge and your abilities because people that don't know what social is think that it's something separate to what you actually are if that makes sense um and I found that quite a lot of times like I would go into meetings and all almost always be ready to always be in kind of fight mode like I would feel like I needed to be able to answer every single question and I would needed would have needed to just be on guard for anything that came my way because if I don't know something in the context of that room 
people are then going to be like, oh, well, she doesn't know what she's talking about because she couldn't you know answer what? this one thing. I, I can honestly, I can relate to that so much. Because yeah. I've just realised, sitting here thinking now, thinking back to some meetings I've been in, in agency land and everything, I, you're, you're absolutely right. I've gone in there with a bit of a fight frame of mind. And, I've, and if they've said something that I know isn't possible... I've then like really questioned myself and like oh god do I actually yeah because you feel like you failed even though what you're saying is correct you feel like you failed the people around you even though they're the ones that have got it wrong not you (laughs) yeah it's such a weird like headspace to be in but I definitely I definitely found that like one company in particular where it was a particularly bad environment I guess because people there didn't necessarily know why I existed or didn't really want me there or value my input so I really felt like every time I went to a meeting or was on a phone call with a client or anything like that I really had to be dazzling and nail it every single time which is not realistic because I knew that the second that I showed any kind of sliver of not knowing something those people would jump on me and be like well you couldn't answer that question or we couldn't do this thing. So, you know, you're not very good. (laughs) What I'm sitting here thinking about it now, I think mate, I think a huge part of this is that because in in most like creative spaces, like industries kind of thing, right. You know, anything is possible in development. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're developing a website or developing an app or whatever, you know, in theory, everything is possible because you're in control, you're coding, you're, doing the design anything can be designed anything can be done right with social we are slaves to what the platforms enable us to do (laughs) that's such a good way of putting it we are slaves (laughs) well well, we are and you know there was this whole thing last week that you know facebook's removing one of its ways one of its analytics elements and everyone's just gone into a flat panic and it's like well we are literally slaves to these platforms. It is not within our power or our control mm. as to what is and isn't possible. Yet we, I've been made to feel definitely in past roles. I've been made to feel like it's my fault that yep. something that somebody has conjured up is not possible. And it's made me feel like I've done a really bad job. Am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to be seen as little miss negative in the company? And like, you know, really pessimistic because I keep saying that's not possible when actually yeah. it's not possible. And that's always made me feel like I'm not good enough. And it's yes. made me feel, you know, that's where the imposter syndrome has definitely come from for yeah. me. I've just been questioned again and again in previous jobs. Or why isn't that possible? Yeah, that's so yeah. true. I've had that where people have been like, oh, you know, here comes the fun killer (laughs) because I'm the one that has to say no to everything and you're right like it does it becomes a thing and when you're in an environment where you're not necessarily supported or even if you're in an environment where you do have like a small social team it's still just a hard like persona to have pushed on you within that company of course it's going to affect you negatively because people are viewing you negatively So, of course, it's going to have an impact. And I've definitely found, I think I said to you a while ago, like, I had started going into meetings and I'd get really anxious beforehand, even though it was just a meeting with, like, three other people from my company. 
but I would start to get this feeling of like oh god dread anxiety because I knew that they were gonna like say random things and ask questions about things that I would then have to say no to yeah and I I completely get it like I I've been that person sitting in a meeting being like no not possible not possible you know a huge um organization I worked for oh god I can't remember how many years ago now quite a few years ago um there was this huge global campaign being launched right and I mean global and they had this whole agency working on this whole spec this whole design and I took one look and I said you guys know this isn't actually feasible right (laughs) and I had to tell that to the agency and because mm-hmm. they weren't actually a social media agency, because they didn't really exist back then. They're like, well, what do you mean it's not possible? I was like, well, how how is this possible? Like, that I've never seen this be able to be done. Prove to me how this is possible, and I'll get on board. And they literally had to scrap like a tens of thousands pounds worth of campaign and work. And I just felt like I just wanted to go and sit and cry in the corner. <laughs> I really did because I was like well did did anybody actually look at whether this was really that possible before this was done and it just made me quite frankly feel like a pile of crap (laughs) well no but but it's true and I think and you know we 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 don't have the control over what is possible yet we feel responsible for what isn't possible and we bear the brunt of it when we have to tell people no and yeah we we are you know it I think it's it's I think I think the, the whole to sort of sum up like what we've been saying here I think it's very easy to see how working in social can be like damaging right yeah so it's, you know definitely on a personal level and you know kind as we've just been saying maybe a little bit on a professional level as well if you become like the no person mm-hmm. do you become known as the no person and does that hinder you that in, in a really innovative company for example do you become the no person so you don't quite fit in mm-hmm. that's an interesting thought right yeah and I would say the answer to that is probably yes but that's probably <laughs> A whole other episode. <laughs> no, that's a whole different thing because, I mean, I think the 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 interesting element here, and I think the things that we've talked about that you've done that I definitely need to do better is to really kind of like restrict notifications and what comes up on my phone. I mean, yeah. I, I personally unfollowed a lot of Instagram accounts, so I only see like joyful things. Like we we both mm-hmm. talked about how TikToks are go to for like mindless entertainment, right? Yeah. Because they're everyday people just doing ridiculous things. And it's just, you can fall into a TikTok hole. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think you and I both regularly wake up in the mornings to like 10 TikToks sent by a friend of ours. <laughs> while little three-way group. Yeah. Dogs and people singing and doing ridiculous things. But, you know, it's fi- finding the joy. If you are going to be on social media outside of work, find the joyful things. So things that matter to you, not the mindless drivel and the negativity that you can sometimes be surrounded by on a day-to-day basis yeah and the other major thing that I've done is um, I no longer follow or engage or do anything with people that use the platform for ranty purposes <laughs> so oh, I know there ranty. are a lot of people out there that love getting into like the politics and everything else 
And I, you know what, I'm all for that. If you want to fight for your cause, like, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying that people shouldn't talk about those issues and things that are important. But for me, that's not how I want to use social media outside of work. Like you say, like, I want it to be this positive bubble of joy where I can just go and be entertained and see things that I like and not have to carry the weight of anything else um so yeah even I mean like some people are actually like very good friends of mine and that they use their platforms for those kind of big political conversations and stuff so I just like hide their stories or maybe hide their feed posts or something like that so that I don't see the arguments going on I don't need to see arguments between like four or five people arguing about the latest government scandal or whatever it might be like that's not that's not what I want to get from the platform well and the thing is is that you know if you choose to want to go and find it then you can but yeah you don't of course want it pushed to you yeah exactly like through notifications and your notification anxiety I'm definitely going to read more into that because that sounds really interesting yeah but it's, I'll it's... find I'll find the article maybe we can share it on our pages yes have a look out we will find it and share it for you because I think that's um I think that that's a that 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 building those boundaries right I think is one of the most important things that we can do yes and you know at the beginning of this episode I mentioned you know that I definitely felt like a bit of imposter syndrome like doing this episode because we don't have the answers for mental health you know we're not mental health experts but I think just this kind of short podcast has kind of just shown just scratching the surface of what Mm -hmm. social media professionals can kind of go through on a day-to-day basis being exposed to the channels on a such a regular basis especially you know the community managers out there and we um yeah we're going to speak to some other people that we know soon that are slightly more au fait with this yeah and do have some of the knowledge and skills to you know talk about it but we we wanted to do this just to start the conversation really yeah I think the thing is we don't I mean obviously like this is all quite negative chat it's not all negative we know it's not all negative but there are negative elements of it and I think we can use our um our friends who do actually work in this space and have more of an authority on it than us to sort of give us some tips and pointers and yeah just kind of help us manage that wellness aspect of it a little bit better and that's what we'll be doing across like maybe a couple more episodes in the coming weeks so yeah if you've got any questions or if there are any areas of this that you feel like we haven't talked about or maybe you agree with us on whatever aspect of you have anything that you want us to bring up with um any of our people (laughs) then yeah our people then yeah drop us drop us an email um you can obviously just dm us on instagram if you're part of our facebook group um then you can obviously start a conversation on that like do whatever you feel like reach out to us however you feel you want to if you want it to be private absolutely like any stories that we share in future episodes or any questions that we ask we'll never ever put a name to it we'll never out you no (laughs) Um, so it's all it's all confidential um yeah and we can obviously we've got a couple of people in mind that we're going to talk to but yeah we will do a couple of episodes with them and hopefully we'll be able to give you some 
practical tips to make your life better. <laughs> so yeah, um, get in touch if you'd like to talk to us more. Um, if not, we will catch you at the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.